Well, good morning, Cross Point Church. How's everybody doing this morning? Everybody doing well? It's good to see you. I'm glad to be back with you. I appreciate Pastor Jason filling in for me last week as I was preparing to, or we were preparing to have our third grandbaby, and we had our grandbaby, granddaughter, and she's doing well. Mother's doing well. I was telling somebody earlier today, I don't feel old enough to have grandchildren, okay? I, I don't know what you're f- supposed to feel like, but I don't really feel old enough to have three grandchildren, but I can tell you this, I'm loving it, I tell you. It's awesome to just, uh, to just be a part of that, and so uh, I, I'm so glad to be back with you guys this week. Before we get into the message today, and I, I believe this is a great message for us to be looking at today, uh, I do want to, uh, to just say a few things. Uh, first of all, in just four weeks, we are moving into our new building that God has provided for us. Amen? In just four weeks. That means that not counting this Sunday, there are only three more Sundays in this building. You know, I was thinking about that, and I was thankful that God has provided this building for us, an old Winn-Dixie grocery store that, that we came in here as the church and just gutted the, the building out and, uh, and, and put up these walls, and God has, has been gracious in providing this place for us, but God has also been gracious in providing a new and permanent home for us as a church And I couldn't be more excited about that. There are several things that are going to happen on Easter weekend that I want you to be very aware of as we prepare to make a transition from this church, this building, to the new building. And uh, and that weekend is going to be a pretty packed weekend for us as a faith family. Uh, There's going to be a lot of things happening. First of all, the first thing that is going to take place is going to happen on Friday afternoon at 6 p.m., And this is going to be our first ever Good Friday service. We're going to have a a Good Friday service. It's going to be a very reserved sort of uh, reverent worship service. And what we're going to do on that night, I think is going to be a very special night for us as a church. Uh, We're going to, what we're going to do is invite you as a church to spend Friday, all day Friday, uh, when you wake up Friday morning, fasting and praying for God to just continue to do great things among us. We would all testify, I'm sure, that God has, has done some incredible things in our life. And, and so we want to, before we ever move into the building, we want to give ourselves this opportunity to pray and to fast on Friday, on Good Friday, in preparation for moving into the building. And then at 6 p.m. we're going to come and we're going to gather there, and we're going to have a, a, a service where we celebrate uh, the gospel, and we celebrate Christ together. And then also, if you were here uh, during the time in which we were uh, launching Vertical, you were here that day, you picked up a rock. We're going to bring those rocks. We had told you to hang on to those rocks, use these rocks as a reminder um, uh, of, uh, uh, of the reality that we need to pray for this project, and so we're going to ask that you bring those rocks back on that Good Friday service because after the service, we're going to have a a dedication to the Lord uh, for the reality that He has provided us that thing. Now, some of you are sitting here going, where is my rock right now? And I know, I I know that you're you're a little bit concerned, you're you're thinking you've missed your rock, and so uh, if if you don't have your rock, all I can say is that Lowe's sells them by the bag, okay? Uh, we may have a few extra laying around here, but we want you to be a part of that that's very special service. And so uh, we're going to ask that you bring your rocks after a day of fasting. The other thing that we're going to do is we're going to break our fast in that service by partaking together 
with the Lord's Supper. And so that's going to be a day where we really just spiritually prepare for the moving in of this new building. Uh, on the Saturday, the day after, Saturday between uh, 10 o'clock and noon, we're going to have our annual Easter egg hunt. This is something we do every year. We're going to be holding it uh, or having the Easter egg hunt on the grounds. And so very excited about that. Uh, we have grass now, and uh, we even have some pine straw to bury those eggs in, I guess. So, but we're going to be hiding uh, eggs and just having a good time with our family ministry on that Saturday. And then Sunday morning, Easter Sunday, will be our first Sunday in the building where we'll close out this series called Greater Things. And I can't think of a better way to close out the service by celebrating greater things that we expect God to, to do in, in that place as we continue to be faithful to Him, as we continue to be faithful to the vision that He has given us and the mission that He has called us to, and as we continue to be faithful in making disciples. And so, uh, so excited about that weekend. I, I hope you are. Can, can we just praise Jesus for what's going to happen on that Sunday? Can we just praise Him this morning? It's going to be an exciting time. And uh, uh, I, I know we're going to have more seats in that sanctuary. We're only going to have two services that Sunday, just like we do here, the 915 and the 11. Uh, that, that sanctuary will hold about 1,400 chairs, so we're going to have it packed. And, and, uh, and, and I'm, I'm thinking that God's going to blow that place up because I believe there are people in our community that are hungry for the gospel. And I, I believe that, that you're going to be a great part of inviting those people to come and be a part of a very special service where they can hear the gospel, and, and where we can have the opportunity to just see in Christ change lives. Amen? And so looking forward to that with great expectation. Uh, I want to pray for us, then we're going to dive into God's Word together. Uh, this message that we have today is one that I feel like has really just challenged me to think about uh, everything leading up to uh, this, this new season in our life uh, as, a, as a faith family. And so I'm very excited about this, and and, and hope you will just gain a lot from this message this morning. Let's pray and let's ask God to meet us here this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit of God, Lord, we do thank you for your presence in this place this morning. And Father, we're thankful that, God, we have so much to celebrate. That, God, we have so much to celebrate about what we have seen you do among us. And Father, it's just so encouraging to see how you continue to move in, in so many different ways. And God, how we, we, we get to celebrate with our brothers and our sisters of, uh, as they experience life change. We get to celebrate as we see new people come to a new faith in you. That we get to celebrate, Lord, life change through baptism and, and just belonging to a faith family. And God, as we continue to to move forward with the vision that you have given us, Lord, and the mission that you have called us to, I pray, Father, that we would, God, we would just continue to remain faithful to who we are. God, we don't suppose for one moment that a new building is going to change the dynamics and the DNA of who we are as a church, as a body. But God, we pray that we would continue to just do those things that you have called us to do, that we would continue to be faithful, to live for you as we live out, God, that which you have, have set before us. So God, we're thankful that we have an opportunity each and every week, each and every day to see you move in, in remarkable ways. And God, we celebrate Jesus 
in our life. God, I pray that today as we dive into your word, that you would help us to see, God, the, the relevance. God, of all the stories that we see in the scripture to our own life. And God, we would be challenged and we would be encouraged and we would be driven by the word of God, Lord, to continue to live our lives as disciple makers intent on carrying out the, the mission that you have given the church. Father, I'm thankful for this faith family. Lord, I'm thankful for this message that you have given us today. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. I want to start out this morning by telling you what I'm dreaming of. Almost on a daily basis, the thing, the, the big thing that I dream of almost every day, and it's this. I dream of a mighty spiritual movement of God in our community and around the world. My hope and my prayer every single day is that, that our eyes would be open to that which God is revealing to us and that there would be, uh, in a sense, a spiritual awakening that takes place among the spiritually lost, and there would be a renewal of those who call themselves children of God and that, that people would, would be awakened to the reality that God wants to do something significant in their life. That's what I dream of, not just in our community, but around the world, but, but more specifically in our community. I mean, this is where we live, work, and play. And so my prayer and my hope and the thing that I dream of is that that this community would become a city on a hill where God is sweeping across the different communities around us and, and throughout the community in which we live. And we would see God move in such an amazing way that it would just challenge us to the core. That's what I'm dreaming of. And I'm not just dreaming of this. I'm not just, this isn't just some sort of fantasy that I, I, I know won't ever take place. I'm believing that this can happen in our community, and I'm believing that God wants this to happen in our community. I believe, in fact, that God wants to send revival beyond what we could ever imagine. But the question is today, what do you want? What do you want to see happen in your community? Do you want to see God move in a remarkable way, in an amazing way? Is that the heartbeat of every individual in this place that we would, we would long for spiritual revival to break out among the children of God in this community and for the spiritually lost to come to salvation through Christ Jesus. Is that what we truly want this morning? Now, I know we probably all would say, well, of course, Pastor David. How many of us really believe in that? How many of us really dream of that taking place in our community where this community would be transformed forever by the ever-presence of God in our life. Revival can be expressed this way. as It can be expressed as a, as a fresh renewal of Christ within us that can only take place and be delivered to us by the Holy Spirit of God. That's the only way it can take place. 
God moving in our hearts. And I believe that the only thing that is keeping us from revival, even this morning in our life, is us. Is us. I'm convinced as I read through the Scripture that if we don't long for revival, if we don't long for spiritual renewal in our own hearts, then we probably won't experience that. As we look at Scripture this morning, I think we're going to see how faith really plays into everything that we are as children of God. And so this morning, I'm excited about this message as we dive into the Word of God because I think it's going to teach us something about how we should be living our life with great expectation that God wants to do something significant not only in our lives as individuals, but also in our life as a faith family living in this community. You know, every, every one of us are living out a journey. And there are moments and times in our own personal walk with Christ that can be sort of seen as starting points. And I'm not talking about starting over. I'm not talking about you know, going back and, and to the very beginning and just sort of beginning where, you know, where we once began. I'm talking about those, those opportunities that we encounter all through life where as we encounter them, we realize that they are opportunities that God is maybe giving us for a, a fresh start. You know, as a faith family, we, we started with very humble beginnings. We started with very humble beginnings, but we saw God move in incredible ways. We have seen God change lives among us as, as a faith family. We've seen where people have come to Christ, and we see where people are growing and maturing in their faith every day. And we see where people have, have gone from just a place of spiritual shallowness to a place of great depth in their, in their walk with Christ. And I don't know about you, but that's very exciting to me to know that, that the Spirit of God is moving in our lives as individuals in such a way that we could, we could say, you know, I, I'm growing in my faith. I'm maturing as a disciple of Christ Jesus. We've seen people who have surrendered to a calling in their life and they have, they have been sent out away from this church as church planters and missionaries going to the other nations of this world. And so as we pray for revival, not only in our community and in a spiritual awakening, not only in our community, but we also pray for things like that to happen in other places as well. We are thankful that God is choosing this faith family to to raise up co-laborers to go out away from this place, all for the sake of a mission to go there and make disciples. And so we've seen that taking place. I believe on Easter Sunday, 2017, God has given us another opportunity that we would one day look back and say that was a starting point of greater things, of greater things than even we have seen before. But, uh, but today, as we dive into this, I want us to understand the importance of our faith in all of this. And we know that our faith plays into what God chooses to do into this, in this community because we see it in Scripture. And so we're going to be diving into God's Word this morning. You know, Jesus once told His disciples, He said this, whoever believes in Me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do. 
I love that because Jesus is basically talking about a time that is just around the corner for, for the disciples. He's talking of a time that is just around the corner for the disciples. And he's saying, listen, you've seen God do, you've, you've seen great things take place here. You've seen the supernatural things take place here. And he's talking to them as he's preparing to ascend into heaven. And he says, but you're going to see even greater things than what you have already seen. And I love that. As the church, as, as individual followers of Christ Jesus, that should excite us. That should cause us to be ecstatic about the future uh, that we uh, will participate in as the church, as individual followers of Christ. We should be excited. We should hunger and thirst for greater things to take place in our future. Why would the church ever come to a place, why would a church, a local body, ever come to a place where we say, well, we've arrived. We finally got that new building. We've kind of come into this place, and, and man, I tell you, whoo, we made it. Why would we ever think that as long as there are people who don't know Jesus in our community? Why would we ever think that the work is over? I think when Jesus told his disciples, he says, greater things than these will take place. You know, he was challenging the disciples. He wasn't just encouraging them. He was challenging them to not think for one moment that they had somehow reached a place of spiritual finality. Where it was sort of, they've done their part. No, I think he was challenging them to continue to do the things that they were called to do, the mission that he was giving them to continue to make disciples all for the glory of God. In this series that we're starting today called Greater Things, it's our hope and our prayer that this series will prepare us for the next big thing that God has in store for us as a faith family. I don't believe for one moment that God is finished with us. I don't believe for one moment that God is, is done with, with giving us vision and mission to continue to reach people in our community who desperately need Jesus Christ in their life. So this morning, I want us to begin by looking at something that I call rewarding faith. This is what I was talking about that we see in Scripture. And so go ahead, if you will, and turn to Mark chapter 2. This is where our text is going to pick up today. Mark chapter 2. We're going to be looking at verses 1 through 12. This is our, our text today. But we're actually going to be looking at two passages today because what I want to do is I want to contrast what we see in one story found in Scripture to another story that we find in Scripture. And so I want us to look at both of these stories, and I want these two stories, I want us to see the contrast between these two stories. I think you're going to see something that is pretty amazing, but also at the same time is pretty challenging to us as well. We're going to be looking at Mark chapter 2, and also, if you will, just go ahead and turn, keeping your finger in Mark 2, go ahead and turn to Matthew 13. These are the two scriptures that we're going to be looking at this morning. You know, in Scripture, we often see where Jesus, He takes notice of what we may sort of define as audacious faith, as radical faith. I mean, people who just seem to have all the faith in the world. We see this in Scripture, and as we look at these stories, we see that God rewards that faith. 
In other places in Scripture, we see where it tells us clearly that the people doubted Jesus, that they, they had no faith, and we see where Jesus chose to not do a great work there. And that's, we're, we're going to pick up two of these stories here today, and, I, and, and my hope is, is that as we look at this, we would come to understand we would come to understand how our faith plays into the mighty work of God in our community. Now, please don't misunderstand me. I'm not trying to say that any of what we've seen God do in our life has anything to do with, with our abilities, our you know, strengths, our powers, our giftedness. That's not at all what I'm saying. But what we see in Scripture is that Jesus often looked into the hearts of the people and where he saw faith, he rewarded that faith with great and mighty things. And so that's what we're going to be looking at here this morning. The first passage that I want us to look at is Matthew 13. Then we're going to go to our text and we're going to preach from Mark chapter 2. But in Matthew 13, verses 53 through 58, in this passage, Jesus is returning to Nazareth. This is where he grew up. A lot of people there knew him as a, as a boy, and he comes into the city and he begins to teach in the synagogues. And this is what it says here in verse 53. It says, and when Jesus had finished these parables, he went away from there. And coming to his hometown, he taught them in their synagogue so that they were astonished and said, where did this man get his wisdom in these mighty works? Is it not the carpenter's son? Is this not... Is not his mother Mary, are not his brothers James, Joseph, and Simon, and Judas, and are not all of his sisters with us? Where then did this man get all these things? And they took offense at him. But Jesus said to them, The prophet is not without honor there, because uh, without honor except in his hometown and in his own household. And then look at verse 58. This is what I want us to see. And he did not do mighty works there. Why? Because of their unbelief. I don't know if you realize how profound that might be. I don't know that I'd ever really thought about it too much till I came to this, to this preparing for this message and, and literally months ago sharing this with our staff and, and looking at this passage because it just challenged me so greatly. Think about this for just a moment. Jesus comes into his hometown. He comes into his hometown. A man, a savior, a messiah, a rabbi who is completely capable of doing incredible things. And as he looks at the unbelief, as he looks at the doubt, as he looks at their lack of faith, he chooses not to do a mighty work there. Now I want us to sort of hang on to that story for a moment in our minds. And let's flip over to Mark chapter 2 now, verses 1, uh, verses 1 through 12. And, and this is a story that is very similar, but it's also radically different. Now let's look at this passage. This is where we're going to be preaching from here this morning. But Mark chapter 2, starting with verse 1, Jesus has, has just come into uh, Capernaum, and he is 
there because this is sort of his headquarters for his ministry, if you will. And it says here in verse 1, And when he returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home. And many were gathered together so that there was no more room, not even at the door. And he was preaching the word to them, and they came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. And when they could not get near the house because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him, and when they had made an opening, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic sons, excuse me, son, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts, why does this man speak like that? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately Jesus, perceiving in his spirit that they thus question within themselves, he said to them, why do you question these things in your heart? Which is easier to say to a paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise up and take your bed and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And he, he rose and immediately picked up his bed, and he went out before them all, so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. We never saw anything like this. Can you imagine a community gathered at the courthouse, let's say, gathered somewhere to where when something so remarkable takes place, the people of that community can only say, we have never seen anything like this before. This is what's taking place in this story. Now here we have two stories that are similar but like I said already, they're, they're radically different. In the first story, Jesus returns to Nazareth, and it says he did not do mighty works there because of their unbelief. In other words, because of their lack of faith, Jesus moved on. He moved on. And then it says in the second story, it says that Jesus saw their faith. Whose faith? The faith of these four people who were bringing this paralytic a place that, that Jesus was gathered, a house where it was so crowded no one else could come in, and the door was blocked because of the crowd. Nobody could get inside the house. He saw such radical, audacious faith of these four friends as they removed the roof and they lowered their friend down into the, to the feet of Jesus. When he saw their faith, here's what happened. Jesus chose to do a mighty work there. You see, it wasn't their friend's faith in Christ that saved the man or was able to forgive the man from his sins. Even the critics of Jesus understood, as we do, that only God can forgive the sins. But Jesus chose to do this mighty work because he saw faith in this community. He saw people who believed, and he chose to do this incredible work among them. And so we look at this. We allow this, this story, this this thought, this understanding to sort of sink into our minds and we see that God is moving where there is faith. 
Crosspoint Church was founded when a small group of people took a, a step of faith to launch a new work in this community. Along the course of our history, we have, we have seen where people, where this church, this body of believers has continued to have to take steps of faith uh, and, and, and be faithful to what God was calling them to do. And yet over and over and over, we have seen God do incredible things among us. Whether it's spiritual life change in the hearts and the minds of both young and old, or whether it's, whether it's just God being a God who has provided our needs uh, in all different ways, we have seen God move in incredible ways as we continue to take these steps of faith. And I don't think it's us that has caused this to happen, but God has certainly honored or he has rewarded our faith, our willingness to take steps of faith when the obstacles seem too large. And that's what we see here. In these two stories, we see the contrast between Jesus choosing to work where, where his people are people of faith and choosing to move on where they're not. The question for us this morning is, what kind of people are we now? Are we still people of faith? That as we prepare our hearts and our minds and, and even start packing up in this old building to move to a place that God has called us to do, are we still people of faith who not just simply believe that God is God, but believe that God wants to do an incredible work in this community? Do we still, as a, as a faith family, have that audacious, uh, audacious faith, that audacious faith that says, God will follow you wherever you go? My prayer is that that's who we are. My prayer is that that DNA that we have within the life of this church hasn't it hasn't disappeared. It's still there. And I believe that for us as a faith family, that the heart of every one of us in this building is that we desire to see God continue to do great things and even greater things than we have seen before. How many of you agree with me on that this morning? That that is the heartbeat that you have not only for God to do incredible things in your life, but in the life of others all around you. This morning, oh my, I've got one minute. And that's just the introduction. Oh, goodness. How did that happen? Is that right? That can't be right. I got I to gotta hurry. Hebrews 11.1 1 says this. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the certainty of things unseen. We know that Faith, uh, Hebrews 11 is known as the faith chapter in Scripture, and it begins by identifying exactly what faith is. It's the, it's the assurance of things hoped for and the certainty of things unseen. And, and so this morning, as we wrap this one up, <laughs> as we get into it uh, here this morning, I want to offer to you three things that I believe that that audacious Hebrew 11.1 faith can lead to when the people of God, when the children of God believe in God to do remarkable things, when the people of God hunger and thirst and not only believe that He is capable, but that He is going to, when we have the kind of faith 
that comes with this great expectation and belief that God is going to not only show up, but he's going to show out. He's going to do incredible things among us. He's going to continue to do greater things than we have ever seen before. That kind of faith can lead to several things I want to offer to you this morning. Obviously, a lot more than just these three. But the first one is this. That audacious faith, it leads to excited gathering. Excited gathering. Look at this with me, if you will. Verses 1 and 2, it says in Mark chapter 2, it says, when he returned to Capernaum, after some days, it was reported that he was at home. And many were gathered together so that there was no more room, not even at the door. You see, when Jesus is doing great things, when Jesus is doing great things, and his disciples have a great expectation that he is going to do even more great things, there's something about that that is very contagious. And what that kind of faith can lead to is an excited gathering. That's what we see. The people were so excited about what Jesus was going to do, not what they hoped he would do, but what they believed he would do, that they were gathering in this house and they were cramming themselves in. There was no room. They were standing in the doorway. There was no place to get in. There was an excited gathering. I want to just say this about us moving into a new building. I don't know what God is going to do. I'm expecting him to do amazing things on Easter Sunday. But let me ask you this question. How many of you would be willing to give up your seat? To give up your seat and stand along the walls, even stand in the doors if necessary to see Jesus do incredible things on Easter Sunday. There's going to be a lot of chairs in that building. And I pray that we as the church would believe that God wants to do something so amazing in the hearts and the lives of people that we would just get excited, that we would be jacked up for Jesus. I haven't used that one in a long time. But we would be jacked up for Jesus so much so that we would be willing to stand against the walls. Stand against the walls. Invite a community in to see, to meet, to encounter Jesus through the preaching of the gospel, through everything that goes on in that new building. That this would be the beginning of even greater things. Man, I cannot believe this. I guess it's the clock is right because they haven't changed it. They may not be listening to me back there. I'll just throw this out there. That doesn't appear to be correct. <laughs> if it is not, then change it. If it is, I will hurry along. Here's another thing. Faith leads to, and it just gets better, faith leads to zealous determination. To zealous determination. It says in verse 3, they came bringing him a paralytic carried by four men. Who came? The, the paralytic's friends, they brought him. There was four of them who brought this man to Jesus. Can you only imagine their, their thought as they approached the house only to realize there was no way they were going to get there to Jesus. There was no way they were going to get in there so that Jesus could meet their friend. It just, it just seemed impossible, didn't it? 
But they went beyond the norm. They went beyond the norm to make that happen. They allowed themselves to be stretched beyond measure so that their friend could meet Jesus. They climbed up on a roof. They removed the roof. They lowered him down so that he could be saved for his sins. I, I look at this and it just amazes me to think about the, just the zealous faith, the zealous determination that these four men had in bringing their friend to Jesus. And I, and I wonder, why is it that they would do that? Only to know that the reason that they would do that is because they knew that Jesus could change his life. They knew that Jesus was his only hope. And not only did Jesus choose to forgive him of his sins, but he chose to physically heal this man that he may walk. They believed with such faith faith that that faith led to a zealous a zealous determination they took action the question this morning for us is what are we doing zealously so that our friends and our neighbors and our coworkers and all those in this community would know Jesus what are we doing how are we living our lives for Jesus in such a way that others may know him if you believe that Jesus is the greatest thing that ever happened in your life, that you meeting Jesus and coming to know him as your Lord and Savior was the greatest thing that could ever happen in your life, then why would not you not be zealously determined for everyone around you to know him as well? Why wouldn't we all? The third thing is this, is that faith this audacious faith, it also leads to astonishing awe. When the people of God believe that Jesus is going to do something, I'm not saying that he could do something, we all know he could do something, but believing that he will do something, then the result of that is always this astonishing awe, where people are just amazed by the capabilities of what Jesus is doing here. As we finish up this, this text here this morning, we look at verse 5 that says this, And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your friends are forgiven. And then in verse 12, he says this, And they were all amazed and glorifying God, saying, We never saw anything like this. We never saw anything like this. Jeanette, I'm going to ask you if you will, Come on up and we'll wrap this up here. Seven minutes late. It's probably going to be more like 20. I'm trying. Man, there's so much I wanted to share with you today. I may just have to back up and start over here. I believe God wants to do something remarkable. I have always believed that God wants to do something remarkable in this faith family. And for those of you who have been around for any length of time, you have seen God do amazing things in this place, in the lives of your friend, in the lives of your children, and people you didn't even know, but they were here worshiping with you. You have witnessed God do incredible things in their lives. I believe God wants to do even greater things than what we have already seen. I believe that.
It's not people of faith that others should stand in awe of. I, I don't want our community to look at us and just be awed by us as people of faith. But rather, it is among the people of faith that others will stand in awe of Jesus. We don't ever want people to come in and say, man, you guys, y'all really have it together here. We're not the focus that the attention should be on. Jesus is who we want them to see, amen? We want them to see Jesus. We don't want them to see just merely people of faith, but we need to understand that it is among the people of faith where Jesus will show out, where Jesus will do his thing, where Jesus will continue to save lives. It is among the people of faith where Jesus will continue to transform lives and that people can discover, like you and I have discovered, that Jesus is their hope. This, my, this morning, my prayer is that for all of us, there would be a renewal of our hearts. A revival to take place, if you will. A fresh awakening within our souls of the responsibility that we have as children of God. It is my hope and prayer that as we go through that time of revival in our hearts, that that we would also begin to realize that God wants to do a greater work among us. And knowing that He will be faithful to do so. I pray for revival in our hearts this morning. I love what Billy Sunday, an old evangelist, once said. He says, churches don't need new members half as much as they need it the old bunch to be made over. Churches don't need new members nearly half as much as they need the old bunch to be made over. I pray that through this series that God would prepare, would prepare our hearts for all the new friends that we're going to see when we move into that building and recognize the opportunities we have to pour into people who want to know Jesus. I pray that you're ready for that. I pray that you believe that. I pray that you want to be used by God. Nancy Lee DeMoss said this. She said, revival is not just an emotional touch. It's a complete takeover. I pray for God to take over our hearts. I pray for God to, to move in our lives, to prepare us so mightily for the work that is to be done that we would be more excited than exhausted. That we would be more empowered than we feel weak. I love what Ephesians 5, 14, it says, it says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. I believe that God wants to do a new work in our hearts to pre prepare us for the work that he's going to do in the hearts of those who come later. Woodrow Kroll, he once said this, he says, the God who made us, he can also remake us. I hope this morning that you believe that. I believe that prayer is the tip of the spear of everything that we 
do as believers in Christ Jesus. And I want to invite you this morning for us to just be moved to a time of prayer. To pray and ask God to bring revival into our hearts. To pray and ask God for a spiritual spiritual awakening to take place in the hearts and minds of the spiritually lost in our community. That God would start right here with you and I. That God would start right here with us. And he would bring a great revival among our hearts that we would see a spiritual awakening in our own community. That's my prayer. And I hope and pray that you join me in praying that same prayer for us as a faith family. This morning, our our pastors will be down front. If you want to come and pray with them, if you want to come to this altar, and let's just spend time in prayer. But let prayer be the, the tip of the spear of the vision that God has given us as we move out. We prepare for even greater things to take place than we've ever seen before. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you, God, for all that you have done. Thank you for all that you will do. God, we are here today to acknowledge that we don't just have faith in you. We don't just believe in you. But God, we believe that, God, you want to continue to do a great and mighty work beginning in our own hearts. And God, we acknowledge today that the only thing that is stopping revival to take place in our own lives is us. God, we believe that you want to bring a renewal in our hearts each and every day. Your word tells us so. God, that if we would just turn to you, that you are faithful to forgive us of our sins and bring in us a renewed heart. God, I pray that we as the people of God, we as the children of God, we as disciples of Jesus Christ would be faithful to desire and to hunger for you to do incredible work in this community and around the world. We love you and praise you. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen.